new on Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face -face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious Trans-Pacific stopover on Extremities Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Hello, welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host for Education in the News, Pamela Clark. And uh, as usual, let's get right into the show. There's a lot to cover. So the first report that I have for you today is from AMAC, A-M-A-C, and they recently were doing a uh, collecting votes for education and it says education continues to rank as a top issue for voters which of these most clear, closely matches what you consider the most important issue in education issue or issues and <clears throat> some of the choices are low starting salaries are as impendent on or to attracting and retaining good educators or too many isms dominate the curriculum wokeism, transgenderism and another is parental school choice should be universally allowed and promoted student attitudes and behaviors like empathy, disrespect, absenteeism pose great challenges for districts Education has been top-down for far too long, and parents can and should continue advocating for more say. Education, um, okay, parental education rights are under assault around the nation, and I intend to only vote for those who will fight to protect the fundamental role parents play in the education of their children. And then another option is critical race theory and instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation does not belong in the classroom where young children are learning. School boards and teachers unions have closed the line and should be punished, or crossed the line, excuse me, and teachers unions have crossed the line and should be punished. Now, out of all of those options, um, so far, the one that ranks the highest in response is the critical race theory and instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation. 1,425 people had voted that that's the biggest issue. Um, and then followed in second place is parental education 
rights are under assault around the nation, and I intend to only vote for those who fight to protect fundamental role parents play in the education of their children. 809 people voted for that. And third place is too many isms dominate the curriculum, wokeism, transgenderism, and so forth. And then fourth is parental school choice would be universally allowed and promoted. 410 voted for that. And sorry for the ism, 1443 voted for it as of when I seen this anyways. Um... And then the next one in line is student attitudes and behaviors, um, or the disrespect and all that, absenteeism, 96 voted. And then there's actually a tie between, um, oh, wait a minute, actually, no, I guess that's not a tie. Okay, so um, one less voted for education has been topped down for far too long, and parents can and should continue to advocate for more say. 95 voted for that. And then the least amount of votes went to low starting salaries and and pendant to attracting, um, entertaining good educators. So those are the ones that um, ranked in that report that I saw. And then the next thing I have for you is actually the scholarship I heard about. Well, actually, um, let me go back to that in a minute. But um, there is a Monster Trucks. Uh, it's Trucks with uh, it's T-R-U-C-K-Z. And that's, there's like an extreme tour in um, Lima, April 15th, 16th, and 17th at the Allen County Fairgrounds. And we received a whole envelope of free tickets for children aged 3 to 13 with paid adult and the value of the tickets $15 but if anybody wants these free tickets you can contact us uh, by email as preferred new heights education at yahoo.com or you can call 419-786-0247 leave a message if I do not answer so let me try to find that scholarship here for you that I was going to tell you about Um, sorry, just a minute. It's right here. Okay, here it is. This is uh, kind of a little bit of a different type of scholarship than we're normally used to. This is Pool Transportation, P-O-H-L. If you want to look it up, it's in Versailles. Is offering scholarship to students pursuing degrees or certifications in transportation-related fields. So uh, the course of study can range from less than a year to a four-year degree. The award is open to graduating seniors or former graduates who attend, attended high school in Dark, Mercer, Shelby, Miami, or Auglaize counties. Eligible fields include logistics, supply chain management, and diesel technology. Uh, the scholarship application is available at www.dark with an e countyfoundation.org backslash scholarship information. And um, 
Yeah, so you can check that out. You can also call 937-548-4673 if you want to talk to them about the scholarship. Okay, I need to switch over just a moment. Okay, we recently appeared um, in like a press release from Stevie the steviesawards.com where they uh, shared information about our organization probably be sharing this on our social media and our magazine but it was just kind of like a small feature so I wanted to do um, kind of a little call out and thank you to them for doing that and then um, NHEG is working on a new partnership well it's not really a new partnership in the sense of uh, just a moment sorry like a new relationship we already have a relationship with the Lima Symphony Orchestra in uh, Lima, Ohio oh, I'm sorry <laughs> um, but now they're starting to um, offer a symphony story time actually I think they've been doing it for a little while but now they have them online excuse me my nose is running all of a sudden um, but they're starting to offer these online readings and they have some recorded and um, we're announcing that these Symphony Storytime episodes will be um, not only on LimaSymphony.com website but you can find them there and also at local libraries um, from New Bremen, Wapakoneta, Auglaize County Library, Finley Hancock, Kenton, Brumback Library, Finley Hancock Public Library, Wapakoneta again. Um, so they just, they'll be doing these readings in local libraries, but they're also recording them and uploading them. So they'll be on their site and then they'll be on the NHEG website as well, newheightseducation.org. And you can find those under our reading program designated site, um, which we offer a lot of different reading times for different e ages, all virtually and on playback and free for you and your child to listen to. So I wanted to give them a call out as well, since we're working on getting them added to our website. If you haven't seen our new radio page, um, it's the same address as before, radio.newheightseducation.org, but we do have an all-new radio page, and we're working on adding all the different networks. I think there's 26 or 27 that New Heights Show on Education is on, so if you want to check out the updated site and stay up to date and listen to past uh, shows and current shows and all that, then uh, check that out as well. So, uh, the next story I have, or stories, is from ASCD Smart Brief, and um, this is under Teaching and Learning. Kentucky District touts success of literacy program. A Kentucky school district has been seen steady improvement since adopting a unified literacy program, according to Brian Dishman, Chief Academic Officer. In this blog post, Dishman describes the program's focus on phonics and use of literacy stations where students learn in small groups. The full story can be found on Smart Brief backslash education. 
And then um, at Tennessee and how Tennessee has shifted focus to literacy learning. Tennessee's ambitious transformation of its early literacy school lessons focuses on phonics and a reading comprehension method that incorporates history and other subjects to ensure every student improves. According to this analysis by education journalist Natalie Wexler, in this article, Wexler writes the state has invested $100 million into the Reading 360 program and trained thousands of teachers on the science-backed methods and provided read-aloud read videos and book-paid packs to engage families in literacy. The full story was picked up by Forbes. If you want to look it up. Okay, and then... This is under the whole child in the same ASCD smart brief. It says some schools are shifting a stance on recess. The No Child Left Behind era led to less time for recess, but that move may have been misguided. According to Rebecca London, an associate professor in sociology at the University of California in Santa Cruz, London says that recess is more important than ever during the coronavirus pandemic. The full story is picked up picked up by the K-12 Dive. In fighting barriers facing superintendents of color, new research from Oregon investigates why district leadership in the state is overwhelmingly white and what could change that. They have a full story about it in education leadership under that ASCD smart brief, if you want to check that out. And ACLU sues um, Missouri school uh, district over library books. The American Civil Liberties Union of Missouri filed a lawsuit against the Winds. School District on behalf of two students over a decision to remove eight books from the school libraries. Anthony Rothert, Director of Integrated Advocacy of ACLU of Missouri, says the school board cannot ban books because the books and the, their characters illustrate viewpoints different of those of the school board. The full story can be found at The Hill, the St. Louis Public Radio, and KTVI. TV in St. Louis. And a full, a full story put out by Food Service Director reports that fewer school lunches served during the pandemic. Participation in school lunches fell by more than 30% since the 2018-2019 school year and 4.7% for breakfast. According to a report from the Food Research and Action Center, FRAC notes that school breakfasts were often distributed with free lunches during the coronavirus pandemic, so breakfast participation may have seen less of a, de of a decline. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and I will be right back.
Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Hello, welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, and you're listening to an episode of um, Education and the News. Let's get right back into it. Um, this is a report from Smart Brief on EdTech. New on Curiosity Street, Louis B. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life-saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. And it says, campus data collection raises privacy concerns. Universities that use data collection to track students and faculty on campus are raising concerns about privacy on campuses. In a recent case, George Washington University's president apologized for not informing the campus of analytics project in violation of the university policy. The full story was covered on Inside Higher Ed. New on Curiosity Street, Louis B. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life-saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. TV, KRIS TV, Corpus Christi, Texas reports that a blind book date periodic table teach black history. An elementary school principal in Texas is encouraging students to read about influential black figures through a blind book date in which students pick a book based on a clue rather than the book's cover. The school, the school also introduced a period periodic table, sorry, of black history, which allows students to learn about influential black figures by scanning a QR code on the table with their phone. So I have some repeats again. Okay, um, Spectrum News reports that Ohio District 
offers after-hours tutoring hotline. The Akron Public School District in Ohio launched a tutoring hotline during the 2020-2021 school year to provide after-hours help for students and help combat learning loss. Students can access the APS Plus Tutoring Hotline on the phone or via Google Meet. And Florida Politics reports that Florida is considering digital license plates. Digital license plates could be introduced in Florida as early as next year if legislation being considered by the state is adopted. The state has been testing the digital plates on state vehicles for about a decade. I had not heard of that before. Maybe you have. What do you think of that? That's kind of an interesting thing to consider. I, I, I really don't know much about it, but it certainly sounds interesting. Okay, the next reports I have is from Middleweb on Smart Brief. And this is from... WTVFT TV, excuse me. So let me say that again. WTVF TV, Nashville, Tennessee, reported that students distribute $5 bills in kindness initiative. An exercise in kindness had one Tennessee sixth grade class thinking of how to affect the most good. After deciding to hide $30 and $5 bills for people throughout the community to find, the class selected placement locations, including human associations and, or I should say, humane associations and hospitals. Sorry, a lot of repeats again. Okay, this is from Tech and Learning. And it's regarding Jeopardy Labs offers free and online templates for schools. A free quiz template in the style of the TV game show Jeopardy is available for educators to use in schools. This article explores tips for using Jeopardy Labs, which allows teachers to create their own quizzes or to choose from some that are already made and describes how it compares to other similar platforms. What do you think of that idea? That's kind of unique, isn't it? Now I'm going through a lot of uh, repeated stories. Okay, uh, let's see. I'm actually going to save some of those. I think that's kind of a good idea about the Jeopardy Labs. Kind of neat to... See if anybody's interested or if any of our student leaders will be interested in that option. Anyways, um, this is from Ohio Department of Education, and it says Engage Ohio. They're offering a free one-on-one -on -one support to improve student engagement. Um, you, let's see, it's a no-cost no program offering struggling and chronically absent students one-on-one -on -one support. Let me see where the link leads to. Okay, to learn more about this, you can go to education.ohio.gov and then type in Engage Ohio and look for the free one-on-one -on -one support to improve student engagement. To learn more about that option, 
Uh, also, the Department of Education in Ohio is seeking educators to participate on assessment committees. And you have to, let's see, you can go, it might be too late actually for that. You never know. Um, you could go on their site and see if there's any openings. And then a new video series introduces students to financial literacy topics. This is through the Department of Education. I don't know how good it is, but uh, it's called Beginning Balance. You can run a search for that as well. And it's Beginning Balance and then Financial Literacy Video Series. This is from the Ohio, um, Ohio Ed Updates. It says, um, let's see, I think this is a repeat. Okay, let's do the Toledo Blade um, reported that 300,000 grant bolsters hands-on education in Toledo. The Toledo Public Schools Foundation is receiving $300,000 grant from Medical Mutual of Ohio. Officials announced Tuesday the grant and the funds were allocated to propose to a proposal from Laura Kubiak, wildlife and sustainability instructor at Toledo's Natural Science Technology Center, which provides a hands-on learning experience to students who want to enter into environment and agricultural sciences. And the Columbus WOSU NPR reports that Ohio Federation of Teachers give away forty thousand dollars I'm sorry, give away forty thousand books. The Ohio Federation of Teachers is partnering with several local organizations to give away thousands of free books to parents, guardians, and children. The pallets carrying thousands of books began rolling in Tuesday to St. Stephen Community House for the Reading Opens the World. That's in quotations, Reading Opens the World, Family Literacy Book Fair. Volunteers will spend the next few days unpacking and sorting the different titles. Leslie Gitzinger of the American Federation of Teachers said it is a part of an effort launched by the American Federation of Teachers late last year to give teachers and school staffers the tools they need to help students excel in reading. In the Miami Valley today reports that Troy High School is going to be updating curriculum and offers new courses to students next year. Troy High School will be making some changes to their curriculum next year. The changes were outlined by Principal Dave Dillbone in his Troy High School plans for learning presentation at last week's Troy Board of Education meeting. Financial literacy as a standalone is half a credit course will now be required of all students for the class of 2026 and beyond. Financial literacy has always been a requirement for graduation, though it had been previously been incorporated into other courses. The new requirement is in response to legislation signed into law by Governor Mike DeWine in October of 2021. Students will be able to take the course in any of their four years of high school. And Warren BOE Schedules Leadership Summit discusses dyslexia testing. 
Mariana Times reported on this story, and it says six schools are scheduled to participate in a leadership summit in March, which were just finished, but Warren Local Superintendent Kyle Newton told the Board of Education Tuesday's night meeting the summit is scheduled for March 18th through the 19th, and students will stay overnight in pods at the elementary school. Warren is hosting the event with Morgan County, Shenandoah River, or Shenandoah, Riverview, Worthington, Kilbourne, and Mason is participating, or did participate. In Cleveland, NBC3 News reported that dad-themed little free libraries unveiled in northwest Ohio, or northeast Ohio as part of the NBA All-Star festivities. Six little free libraries with special dedication theme unveiled by the Cavaliers and a host of literacy and fatherhood organizations during the NBA All-Star Weekend will remain behind in Northeast Ohio to promote family literacy long after the games are over. The event's partners took advantage of the NBA All-Star Weekend to talk directly to fathers and promote a a shared message that children learn more, perform better in school, and have healthier behaviors when their fathers are involved in their education and take time to read to them or with them. Okay, just a moment. Okay, we'll share a few more stories before our next commercial break. I have to switch over again, so bear with me. Okay, this is from ASCD Smart Brief. And... This is from WTOPFM, that's where the full story was, in Washington, D.C., and it says, Virginia School District, I'm sorry, let me start that again, Virginia School Social Worker Goes Above and Beyond, Claudia McDowell, a social worker at Lindbrook Elementary at Fairfax County, Virginia, has won the School Social Worker of the Year Award. And from the School Social Worker Association of America. McDowell is known for going above and beyond the call of duty by helping families who were displaced after a fire, connecting students to medical services, and holding informal groups for, for students to talk. Okay, sorry, I have to go through these. Okay, WWBT-TV in Richmond, Virginia covered this story, and it's Virginia House Panel Targets $2 billion for School Repairs. A deteriorating schools in Virginia would receive funds for repairs under a program proposed by the school or by the State House Appropriations Committee. The first tier of the two-year school construction loan rebate program would pay back 30% of principal and interest costs for up to $1 billion for projects, and the second tier would garnish interest-free loans for up to $1 billion. And 
And the Associated Press, the Washington Post, covered this story. It says, Maryland Education Board votes to rescind mask mandate. A local school district in Maryland would be able to determine whether to require masks for students to wear masks under a decision Tuesday by the State Board of Education. The measure adopted in response to improved health metrics now goes before a joint committee of the state legislation for a final decision. And another full story covered, uh, this is covered by KDFW-TV in Dallas-Fort Worth, says that officials report rise in school librarian retirements. An uptick in retirements among school librarians may be fueled by the debate over what books to include in their collections. One school librarian in Texas says several librarians in the district are planning to retire this year due to stress. Bear with me while I bring up the next story. This is from ASCD Smart Brief. Well, no, it's, well, the K-12 Leadership Smart Brief. Okay, this is uh, was a story that was found on LinkedIn, and it says that leadership lessons from A-Rod took from baseball to business. Endurance, hiring the right people, and listening more than talking are some of the leadership skills Alex Rodriguez took away from his baseball career and into his business, and investing second act. Quote, a lot of leaders are great talkers, but not so great listeners. And talented people have a lot to say if you give them space, Rodriguez says. So you can look that one up on LinkedIn if you want to read more about it. Uh, This is a story that was put up by The 74. This says, data suggests possible flood of principal resignations. Dedicated recruitment efforts, mentoring programs, and other supports are among the strategies needed as job-related stress brought on by the pandemic is expected to lead to an exodus among school leaders. Some principals and other experts say close to 40% of principals said they plan to leave their jobs within three years. A survey conducted this fall by the National Association of Secondary School Principals found. Okay, this is something from Governing. Not really familiar with it, um, with what Governing is. One second, but and I'm not familiar with the site at all. I'm just reporting these stories. So um, this is from governing.com, and um, the future of states and localities. So let's see here, and it's titled. Let me see. Sorry. A switch. More than 30 states, small, 
bills relating to civic education. Civic education has been thrust into the spotlight by state legislators, with more than 100 bills being considered in more than 30 states that would affect how the rights and duties of citizens are taught. You have to be able to have conversations about difficult topics, and there's no more appropriate place to have those conversations than in a classroom that's dedicated to a civic and constitutional education. Christopher Riano, president of the Center for Civic Education, was quoted as saying. But you can go to that slide I mentioned if you want to learn more about governing, because... Um, I have not been to that site before. Bear with me as I switch between stories again. Actually, I think it's time for a commercial break. Um, so, well, I'll be right back. Hello, Hello. listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store. Hello, welcome back to the New Heights show on education. And education in the news. I'm Pamela Clark, and let's get right back into the news stories. This is from Contemporary Pediatrics, and it says, Prevalence of screen time limits among children examined. A meta-analysis of 63 studies involving participants five years and younger, in which the prevalence of meeting screen time guidelines was reported found that 24.7% of children younger than two years met the guideline to avoid screen time use, while 35%, 35 35.6% of children aged two to five meet the guidelines of no more than one hour a day of screen time. Findings published by JAMA Pediatrics noted that most children are not meeting the established guidelines highlighting the need for further assistance from health experts for proper device use. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't surprise me, but... Let's see. This is from Lancaster Online, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania high schoolers hired to work as custodians. A Pennsylvania school district recently hired 25 high schoolers to work as student custodians to help clean the school. The students are paid $12.99 an hour and work weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Switching stories. Okay, just a second, I have to get through some repeats again. Okay, this is from Education Week, and it says, Should there be autism screenings prior to kindergarten? Screenings for autism may join those for vision and hearing checks of students in Nebraska. 
as federal disability evaluation requirements lack specificity <laughs> Sorry, and data indicates 1 in 44 of U.S. 8-year-olds are reported to have an autism spectrum disorder. Nebraska would be the first state to proactively screen to identify students with autism before they enter kindergarten or upon transferring from schools in other states. Or in another state. Sorry. United Press International backslash Health Day News reports the study finds contrasts in brains of girls and boys with autism. Research published in the British Journal of Psychiatry found that girls had different patterns of connectivity than boys did in several brain centers, including language, motor, and visual, visuospatial, spatial, I'm sorry, let me start again, um, connectivity than boys did in several brain centers, including language, motor, and visuospatial spatial attention systems findings based on the magnetic resonance resonance imaging brain scans from 637 boys and 136 girls with autism also showed that girls whose brain patterns were most similar to boys with autism tended to have the most pronounced motor symptoms that's interesting isn't it Switching stories. Bear with me, please. Okay, this is from PND by Candid, uh, foundationcenter.org. And it says, uh, Pew Charitable Trust awards $7.7 million to Philadelphia nonprofits. Grants were awarded to help organizations create and implement strategies to adapt their programs and operations and business models to the changing needs of residents and communities they serve. And the National Library of Israel launches Linda and Stuart Resnick Fellowship. The fellowship was made possible by the largest gift ever given in Israel by California-based couples Stuart and Linda Resnick. And the National 4-H Council received $50 million from Mackenzie Scott, the largest single gift in the 120-year history of the organization, will support the cooperative extension of 4-H programs. Bear with me. Again. So I switch. Um, all right, this is from the 74 again, and it says study. The full day pre-K raises enrollment. Enrollment in pre-kindergarten increase, increases when the programs are offered full-time. According to a study by researchers at the Consortium for School Research at the University of Chicago, data shows higher attendance among all racial groups. The largest incre increase was seen among black children.
Sorry, I have to go through these. There's a lot, like, kind of clumped together. So I have to, um, yeah, I have to go scroll through. Okay, so here's a story that was covered by Food Service Director, the Greenfield Recorder in Massachusetts. It says that a bill proposes increased Increasing school meal reimbursement, the Level Up Nutrition for Children in Every School Act introduced in Congress would raise the reimbursement rate for school lunches to 59.5% per meal. The current rate is 10.5% per lunch, and the USDA implemented a one-year 25% reimbursement increase last month due to higher food prices. And um, another, this is a different story covered by KXAS TV in Dallas, Fort Worth, and it says the Russia-Ukraine conflict has English tutors worried. The military crisis between Russia and Ukraine has caused concern among the participants in a volunteer program in which the U.S. students use video chats to teach English to students in Ukraine. Katerina Monov or Manloff, founder of ENGN program, Ingham, says U.S. participants are worried about the safety of the students in the Ukraine. Okay, just a moment. Okay, uh, this was covered in the Lima News in Lima, Ohio. Ambassadors share experiences with Lima students. Two current ambassadors spoke with Lima City School students via a Zoom call Wednesday morning. Students in the Closing the Achievement Program, I'm sorry, Closing the Achievement Gap Program at North Middle School and West Middle School and Lima Senior listened and questioned the two ambassadors who worked for the U.S. State Department. Okay, this is reported from Smart Brief on EdTech, and it says uh, it was covered in the journal, and it says, report, tech use expands in Utah schools. The number of computing devices available to students rose by 31% since 2019. According to the Utah School Technology Inventory Report released by the Utah Education and Telehealth Network, findings shows findings show that 39% of Utah schools have a one-to-one -one ratio for mobile computing devices for students, up from 6% in 2019. Sorry, lots of repeats again. This is a, a story that was covered in Forbes, and it's titled Female Scientists Spam, quotations, Twitter in Colombia. Thanks to a hashtag created by Andrea Guzman Mesa, a Ph.D. candidate in astrophysics, 
women in STEM were ten- trending on Twitter in Colombia for several days using the hashtag spam um, so spam uh, d-e-c-i-e-n-t i-f-i-c-a-s meaning female scientist spam women in STEM shared photos of themselves and their work to boost visibility and call attention to issues of representation in STEM fields. Check our time. Yeah, oh, we still have some time left. Alright, so this next one is from Middleweb and Smart Brief. And this is from a full story from Star Herald in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. The band Open House sparks interest in music. Fifth grade students explored various band instruments during a recent open house at Nebraska Gearing Junior High School. Time to proceed registration for sixth grade band. Band director Natalie Prokoff says the open house program, now in its second year, has boosted retention in band among sixth grade students. Smart Brief on Education reports that Ledecky Olympics are STEM in action. Math helped propel Katie Ledecky, um, who has 10 Olympic gold medals in swimming to the height of her career. Ledecky, in this blog post, describes her passion for STEM education and how the Olympics are an example of STEM in action. Sorry, I'm scrolling again. All right, let's see. This is from Homeschool Legal Defense Administration. And um, it says, Hospital calls CBS to stop healthy mom and baby from leaving the hospital. Um, the family obstetrician said that this homeschool mom and her newborn son were healthy, so they cleared them to leave the hospital without staying overnight. But then the family tried to go home, and hospital staff labeled their decision a violation of policy and called CPS. <laughs> okay. If you want to read the whole story, go on Homeschool Legal Defense and type in Hospital calls CPS, CPS to stop healthy mom and baby from leaving. We probably will be sharing this on our social media as well, though, the complete story. And a homeschool teen's tenacity determined to find a cure for dad's Alzheimer's. A seven-year-old, Gabby Young, refused to believe there was nothing she could do to help find a cure for her father's early-onset Alzheimer's. So she started raising funds for research. And at age 14, she is still going strong. Isn't that neat? They have a lot of really great stories, and they have their own podcast as well. You should really check it out. And we do, we do share their stories on our verbal channel as well, and that's connected to our account if you want 
you know, like quick access um, to it, you can look for it that way. Okay. Just a moment. Let me find the next story. A lot of repeats. Um, Education Week reported that survey that a survey was taken and students' social skills are on decline. Really? I could have told them that without the survey. But it says students' social skills and emotional maturity have declined at least somewhat during the coronavirus pandemic. According to most educators who responded to an Ed Week Research Center survey, educators say that in some cases they had observed students withdrawing or acting out. Sorry. This is from Daily Press, Newport News, Hampton, Virginia. It says virtual K-5 learning program coming to Virginia District. A group of 108 K-12 students, or K-5 students for Pete's sake, a group of 108 K-5 students in, in a Virginia school district this fall will pilot an online education program that will be split between independent work and live instruction with a teacher for their grade. Kate Maxglau, a director of innovation and professional learning for Hampton City Schools, says the future learning experience program is designed for students who are who were more successful during the virtual learning when schools were closed and could expand to more grades. WGAL-TV in Lancaster, Pennsylvania reports that the Pennsylvania School Nutrition Pro labor supply issues are crazy. Quotations. Elaine um, Melendez Food Services Director at Hempfield School District, at, or Hempfield G. Willier School District in Pennsylvania, says the combination of severe supply chain and staffing shortages has been crazy. For example, Melendez reports that schools typically offer dozens of cereal options, but recently the district has been able to only provide one variety because of the supply disruptions. Oh boy. And Edsurge uh, shared an opinion, I guess you'd call it. It says Indigenous communities model restorative justice. Indigenous communities are a model for restorative justice practices that can serve schools, writes Helen Thomas, the Office of Indian Education's Professional Learning Specialist. For the Arizona Department of Education. In this commentary, Thomas shares how to integrate restorative justice as a holistic framework for not only repairing, but nurturing and sustaining relationships. Check on our time again. We have a little bit of time. 
this is a story that was covered by ASCD Express. It says, Ideas for Finding Out What You Don't Know at Your School. School leaders should identify issues before they become problems by sending out regular surveys to parents and staff and by holding informal breakfasts with staff members, writes Thomas Orr, an education leadership teacher, author, and former principal. Orr also advises making sure never to appear too busy to be approached. Sorry, uh, scrolling again. Okay. Um, Mississippi Board approves telehealth programs for schools. This is from the Oxford Eagle in Mississippi. K-12 students in Mississippi will have access to remote behavioral health care during school hours, as well as on-demand urgent care. Through a $17.6 million grant the State Board of Education approved recently for a university medical center. The program will work in conjunction with school nurses and will include in delivery, setup, and maintenance of telehealth equipment and training for the nurses. This is from Ohio at Updates. Okay, um, uh, let's see, looking over these, some of them are repeats. Actually, it looks like all of them are, so I'm going to skip those. Campus Technology reports that survey gauges students' access to and use of learning tools. 15% of students say they have trouble assessing or accessing online learning tools, and about 1 in 4 say they are assigned too many learning tools. According to a top hat field report of students across the United States and Canada, yet students overall report being satisfied with their courses and having the support they need, the survey shows. WVLT-TV in Knoxville, Tennessee reports that students show algebra work digitally collaborate. Workbooks are ancient history for 8th grade algebra students in a Tennessee middle school where the online Desmos program keeps students more engaged as they graph equations digitally to see each other's work and solve problems collaboratively. Teacher Caitlin McNabb says the district also has adopted the illustrative mathematics curriculum, which puts math problems in discussion and discovery-oriented context. Okay, this is from WALB-TV in Albany, Georgia. Interactive e-glass boards donated to Georgia District. 
A school district in Georgia is being called the first in the state to adopt e-glass technology in classrooms. The boards designed to promote interactive learning and drive student engagement are being added to every classroom in the district. Thanks to the donation by a California company, 50000 in equipment and 10000 in teacher training. Dollars, $50,000 in equipment, $10,000 in teacher training. I don't know if I made that clear or not. So, I think this kind of brings us to towards the end of the day of um, the show. I want to remind you the, of uh, Olinyan Tibet show on Fridays by 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And she covers topics on youth or that affect youth. And then our civil rights history based show is on Sundays. And our host for that is Barbara Bullen. And you can listen to it at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then my show appears every Wednesday by 6 p.m. I thank you for listening uh, to this uh, this show on education in the news. And until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's today's show. show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org for monthly announcements and other happenings.